Hey cuties, welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What? I'm Mimi Robinson, and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter with a dose of entertainment and a side of pop culture. I'm a dope-ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and still have a life of my own. Mimi Update. What do you think I did this week? What did I tell you I was going to do this week? All right, y'all should know by now I went to see my dad. So my mom and I drove down on Thursday. It's about three and a half hours from my house in Maryland. Um, And so we left out, oh, y'all, we left out at ass crack of dawn in the morning. My mother picked me up at six o'clock. If my mother says, I'm going to pick you up at six o'clock, that means she's going to show up at 5.50. (laughs) My mother is so that girl. She hates to be late to anything, for anything, going anywhere. Like she just, she just hates to be late. So sometimes I keep that in mind. Sometimes I don't. But (laughs) I was good. I was up. I got up at 5.30. So I showered the night before when I probably should have been in bed already. And I literally laid my clothes out like I used to do for work. So everything was ironed up. So all I had to do when I woke up in the morning was wash my face, brush my teeth, moisturize again, and put my clothes on. I even laid out like the items I was going to take and everything. I was ready. So by the time she texted me to say she was in my driveway even though security camera gave her up. Um, I was like, okay, all I had to do was put my shoes on. So we had a nice trip. Um, I used to do stuff like this with my mom and my mom and my sister all the time, but pandemic. So it was really nice to just ride and chit chat and laugh and joke and talk about what's going on around us and all that stuff, you know, like we used to. So, um, My mom is an old school jammer, and that's why I know all of the old school jams and my playlist may resemble that of someone (laughs) who was born in the 50s (laughs) or 60s or 70s shit. Um, So we definitely had, I think she had the radio set to Pandora's Manhattans. My mother loves the Manhattans. And so um, I am very, very proud to say that I knew almost Every jam that came on the radio, there were a few Manhattan songs that I did not know, but everything else, oh, I was singing. Anyway, uh, we had a good time. My mom did all the driving. If you know me, you know I hate driving, especially out of town. Um, So I kept our guts filled and the tank filled, and we had a great, great visit. My dad was happy to see us. And my grandmother was happy to see us. And my aunt and uncle even came by after they got off work. And they were happy to see us. And we were just as happy to see them. Um, My grandmother is 94. I think I told y'all that last week. She'll be 95 in June. She a old school grandma. When we got there at 10 a.m., my grandmother already had food cooking. Oh, that Southern hospitality. She fried some chicken. She made some macaroni and cheese. She had some candy yams. She made some pie or something of some sort. I didn't eat it because I don't like cooked fruit. Um, And she made some cabbage, which she knows my mother loves her cabbage. She, I don't know what time she got up, but she was throwing down to the point where she was disappointed when we walked through the door because she wanted to have the food ready. Sis, we just had breakfast like a couple hours ago. Um... 
we definitely had it for lunch and it was delicious and delightful. Uh, for the first time, my mom and I talked about this. My grandmother looks like an old lady. Now, she's in her 90s. But to me, she didn't look like someone who was in their 90s. You know, like a couple years ago when I saw her, she looked like an older lady, but that was it. So now her hair is like all gray. And so um, it was nice to just sit back and shoot the shit with them. Um, <laughs> so my, my, I don't know, my parents' relationship is really funny. When my dad introduced my mom to anyone that she doesn't know, I feel like it's very few people. Um, because they've known each other obviously for so long. He always introduced my mom as the woman who saved his life. <laughs> I told you, my dad is always, if I talk to my dad today, before he gets off the phone, he will tell me he loves me, but he'll always tell me, tell your mother I love her. No matter what. Y'all know I'm about to be 42, right? Like no matter what. And every time I send her a message, I'll be like, talk to my dad. He told me to tell you he loved you. Like always. Um, so they were catching up and reminiscing and chit-chatting and talking about all their friends that's dead now. Um, <laughs> and we talked about his health, of course, and stuff like that. And because my mom is who she is, he went and got his discharge papers from the hospital so she could read them. And then she gave them to me so I could read them and stuff like this. So random fact, um, you know how when you go to the doctors and you get a checkup, Right, they'll give you this form and they're like, oh, list your history. I don't know my dad's, well, I should say, I don't know my paternal side of the family's medical history. <laughs> so as I was combing through his discharge papers, I was like, oh, take a note. Oh, wait, wonder if that runs in the family. Oh, my father has a history of this. Like, I was literally <laughs> taking notes, but he is doing fine. So funny thing about this trip is that <laughs> my dad got a cell phone for the first time. Yes, it is 2021. And I think my grandmother was like, that stroke was a scare and you need a cell phone. So he went and got a prepaid one. My father is not someone who likes to spend a whole lot of time on the phone. You got three minutes, maybe four to get out your piece. And he'll be like, okay, love you. Talk to you soon. And he's done. <laughs> so he was not about to get no service that he had to pay for. So um, naturally, he tells me that he's got a cell phone. And I was like, oh, really? Right. I'm shocked. My dad is almost 60, 68. And so um, he hands me this phone and he's like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> so I set it up, which is crazy. So my grandmother's house literally has no cell service. So I was like outside on the porch trying to get the signal, which is bizarre because the minute you step out, the signal works. So I set up the cell phone for him, gave him a basic tutorial on how to work it and I put in like a few contacts, like my aunt, my mom, me, and like my the, the house number, um, like basic stuff like that. <laughs> he was like, do I have to leave this on? I said, well, you should have it on, you know, and then just monitor the battery. And as it starts to go dead, like charge it up. And he was like, well, I don't want nobody calling me at nine o'clock. Okay, feel free to decline any of these calls that come in <laughs> or turn your ringer off. Um so it was really funny just at this stage in life teaching my dad how to use a cell phone when my god baby is two can work circles around him on a cell phone let me tell you um but all in all it was a great visit i was really glad i went oh i told y'all i had anxiety about tears i did not cry um let me give you a story as to probably why i had no feelings to be crying about in that moment so my dad always has dogs 
always has dogs. They're always big ass ferocious dogs. So whenever we pull up in the yard, because South, uh, we don't get out the car until my dad is at least at the hood of the vehicle because only he can tame these big ass dogs and the dogs will listen to him. So if he comes up to us to greet us, then the dog will chill out a little bit and be like, oh, okay, he says it's okay. So I was too worried about the big ass dogs <laughs> to bust out in tears or to be all caught up in my feelings. Um, so now I'm trying to get convince him to come and visit us. Um, my dad has become a homebody since he moved back to the South from the Bronx. Uh, but he said he wants to check out the old block and stuff. So I was like, well, if you come this way, then we can go to the Bronx and we can go ride through the old blocks and stuff like that. So we shall see. We shall see. Um, yeah, that was one of the two highlights for my week. We'll talk about the other highlight later, but um, that was definitely... Um, a really big one and it was really nice to um, put eyes on him and to see him and to know that he's following the doctor's orders and all is well okay let's get into some pop culture I feel like there are quite a few things happening so first let's talk about the versus effect so um you know, on Easter, we had the Earth, Wind, and Fire versus the Isley Brothers. Well, in true versus fashion, the two groups are climbing the charts after their epic verses. So, Earth, Wind, and Fire's album sales climbed 167% after the show, and the Isley Brothers skyrocketed 420%. Now, these metrics are according to Rolling Stones, but we do know that it is very typical that once you go on um, versus that your sales begin to go through the roof, which honestly to me is one of the super dope things about um, the whole versus thing is that there is a resurgence of sales and stuff and you have... Well, let me, I don't want to say, you know, that, well, they're past their prime. I can say that. They're definitely past their prime. Still very current and very relevant, but definitely past their prime. So I think it's really dope to see them back on the charts all these years later with these jams. Now, these jams are tried and true. They are long and strong. And um, I guess it's proof that they still got it. Also, I always say it's really dope for younger generations who don't really know them or maybe only know samples of their music from newer artists to actually hear about them. So that was cool. All right, let's move on. So the hip hop culture has lost another one. Um, on Saturday, Black Rob, who used to be a member of the Bad Boy family, passed away. Um, it's crazy because a week or so before he died, he had posted, um, there was a video of him that was posted to Instagram and he was like, uh, kind of, you know, like giving his words about DMX, you know, his passing. Um, but he was laying in a hospital bed. And then in another video I saw, I think he posted on his own page or DJ self, he mentioned that he had four strokes. So 
Um, I believe they said he was battling kidney failure. And the videos were really sad, not just in the things that he was saying, right? Because he was showing love to a friend who passed. But um, like he literally did not have enough breath and energy to continue to talk. Um, so in one of those videos, he also had mentioned that he had been homeless and he had a lot of medical bills. And at that time, someone set up a GoFundMe for him. And so um, it was climbing. Like, they were close to the goal. I don't know if they since surpassed this goal, the goal at this point. But um, so it was like, oh, you know, he finally had, you know, a little bit of help. And, you know, if he had improved his health, then, you know, maybe life could have been just a little more comfortable for him. But alas... That was not um, the outcome. And so, I don't know. I guess he's resting forever at this point. Um, it's crazy, though, that so much of hip-hop is falling off. Um, I know people die every day. Obviously, that's not lost on me. But these dudes aren't even really getting a chance to get old, for real. Like, they're in their 50s. I think he was, like, 51. DMX was, like, 50. Like, that's nothing. There was so much. They could have had a whole nother life beyond that. But they are definitely falling by the wayside. Um, I won't definitely pass their prime. But at a point where they definitely could have, you know, a solid round of life left. And so that part kind of sucks. Um, honestly, the only Black Rob song that I can think of is like, whoa, I'm fairly certain that was his most popular hit. All right, moving on to a throwback. <laughs> Jaleel White has a new brand. If you don't know who Jaleel White is, ugh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> so he has a new brand and it is called the Purple Urkel. So if you did not know him by name, then you ought to know who he is. So can I just say how fucking smart and incredible it is that he is using this beloved character he played for so many years as his brand for his new business like even the logos and everything so dope I'm I love the I'm a sucker for branding anyway but I love oh my god the branding for this new endeavor so he um said nope not he, well I guess he it's on his website is saying that um he has decided to tap in an industry not known for diversity or inclusion um, and it has been both challenging and rewarding. Its Purple is committed to debunking all stereotypes associated with modern cannabis, celebrating its many medical breakthroughs, and positioning ourselves as the wine of tomorrow for a vibrant generation. So, um, it's weed. <laughs> but if you are a fan and not into weed, then he's got stuff for you too. I don't smoke weed. I'm not against people who smoke weed. You can if you want to, because that's your business. I happen to work for the federal government and have a security clearance that I need to protect. So I do not. Um, but like I said, they got stuff for us. <laughs> so there is a shop on the website and I'm so tempted. I'm probably not. No, let me, I don't know. The jury is still out on this. But they have this cast iron waffle maker that I really want to buy. It comes with a velvet waffle bag. This sounds absurd, and I know it. I hear myself, and I recognize that. But that won't stop me from potentially buying it. So judge your mother. So here's the thing. The waffle maker 
makes a print of the Urkel face, <laughs> which is the logo. <laughs> oh my God. So on Jaleel White's page and it's purple. So it's purple is P-U-R-P-L. So leave the E off the end. On the uh, Instagram page, they actually have like some videos and pictures of the waffles they made with this waffle maker with the face. And it's super cute. One of the videos is him and Tiffany Haddish. Um, but I'm so tempted. I think the only thing that's keeping me, it's like $80. And I'm sure I've blown $80 on some dumb shit before, but a waffle maker? Anyway, they also have, um, some shirts, socks, and stuff like that. So aside from the waffle maker, (laughs) there are two things that I'm strongly considering purchasing. These are very, um, these are things that I would wear. One is like a crop top and one is a pair of socks. Um, I love a funky pair of socks and the socks has the Urkel face on it. And so I would totally buy them and freak them with a pair of sneakers. Um, So the shocking part of all of this is um, I knew he smoked weed. I've seen him with some other like celebrity folks that also smoke weed. Um, But in one of the pictures of him and Snoop, he put on a suit, very Urkel-like suit, shaved his mustache, which I'm firmly against. (laughs) and gave us the Steve Urkel look. Now, normally he has a full mustache and dare I say a bit of a beard, but he went all Urkel, show enough, um, for the launch of this business. He's got like a mobile truck and some other really, really dope stuff. He's in um, California. He's from LA. And so I'm sure he will do exceedingly well. And being famous is just the icing on the cake. And Snoop Dogg has already given his stamp of approval. So um, in that industry, that's some bomb-ass validation to have on your side. All right, moving on. F9, a.k.a. Fast and Furious 9, is coming out. Do you care? I don't care. I don't care at all. There was a time where Babe and I watched all of the Fast and Furious movies. And I feel like... I quit maybe at like six or seven. Six might have been it. I can't recall for sure. But I'm definitely like over and out, been over and out. But Cypher, who was played by Charlize, uh, Charlize Theron, um, enlists the help of Jacob, who was played by John, John Cena. I can't talk. And John Cena's character, Jacob, is Dom's younger brother. And he's there to take revenge on Dom and his team and whatever the fuck that really means because I haven't watched in years. Now, this is the first Fast and Furious without Paul Walker. Um, I think in the last one, which was eight, they pieced some of the footage that they had already with him and stuff like that together to finish out his part. Um, But if you are still a fan and you want to watch, it comes out on June 25th. So go and get you some. What else? Aunt Viv, Aunt Viv, Black Aunt Viv is coming back to TV and I am excited. Aunt Viv is coming to The Last OG. Now, The Last OG is a foolish ass show that Babe and I watch. In case you don't watch, um, it stars Tracy Morgan and Tiffany Haddish. Tracy Morgan was like a criminal. He was locked up. But right before he got locked up, Tiffany Haddish was his, is his baby mama and she got pregnant with twins. He didn't find out till he got out and blah, 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 blah. Uh, he didn't meet them until after he got out. They were like 15. So um, the show is about that. Now, Tiffany Haddish is happily married to a white dude and they got their own life. But there's always some antics going on. And obviously, they do co-parent the twins. So if you don't know, The Last OG is also um, co-created and executive produced by Jordan Peele. 
So now they've added Aunt Viv into the situation. She will join the show. Her character's name is Miss May Miller. <laughs> and she is one of Roberta's oldest and dearest friends. Um, and her weekly bid was partner. So um, Roberta is played by Thelma Fry from the show Amen. Anna Maria Horsford, I think is her last name. She's Thelma from Amen. Um, so more old biddies should be entertaining for sure. Um, so we'll see. I don't know when the show comes back on. I feel like it should be soon. I feel like it's one of those shows that comes on when a lot of the other shows are going off. So it should be back soon. And now they have a new face. So I think that's it. That's all for pop culture. Okay, so let's get into what Mimi is watching. I felt like I got it in with some television this week. There was a lot of good shit on the Tizoob. So, first of all, Wild and Out has returned. Y'all know, they had parted ways with Nick, with all that stuff was going on, and now they back. And Babe and I have been watching, and I miss them. It's like just, first of all, I like improv. I'm fascinated by the ability to be creative uh, on a, on a moment's notice, I was going to say on a whim, but it's all the same, but just being able to just be ready and be funny soon as something happens. So, um, I'm always entertained and I love when they go in the audience and make fun of them too. <laughs> My favorites are the 85 South show, which is a broke off from Wild and Out, uh, with Carlos Miller, DC Youngfly and Chico Bean. Those are my favorites, so it's nice to see them back on the Tizoob. Um, okay, so Jamie Foxx's new show came out, I think, on Friday on Netflix. It's called Dad, Stop Embarrassing Me. No, it came out on Wednesday. It came out on Wednesday. Y'all, I watched the all eight episodes the day it came out. Show enough. Each episode is only 30 minutes. It's a very easy watch. Um, it's fun, it's family, it's foolishness, and I fucking enjoyed it and would dare to watch these episodes over again. I have seen people say, oh, it's lame, it's corny. I don't know what they're looking to get. I don't know what their expectations are, but it's good family fun, and I don't care what they say. I enjoyed it. So, there is, um, (laughs) so Jamie Foxx is, well, Jamie Foxx is playing Jamie Foxx. So (laughs) he is a single dad raising his daughter and his dad lives with him and his dad's character is played by David Allen Greer, who is always funny. I don't care what show he is in. David Allen Greer is funny as fuck. And I don't feel like people really give him his roses in a way that he deserves from the inappropriate things that burst out of his mouth to his facial expressions. Listen. He is always on, and I don't even know that he intends to be on. Now, for my old school watchers, for you 40-plusers, there is a very sweet and endearing surprise in the last episode. I will not tell you what it is because I want you to enjoy it. But I got my whole entire life the minute I saw it. Um, What else? So the show is... (laughs) It gives you some old school vibes. So this is the first time we've seen Jamie Foxx like really get back into comedy in a way that he used to be. He plays a few extra roles and the shit is just funny. I love his creativity. I absolutely love 
I love that about him. I used to watch the Jamie Foxx show. Of course, I used to watch In Living Color, which is where we first met him. And so I feel like we got that old part of him back and it was nice to see. Um, The show was also number one on Netflix around the world. So kudos to Jamie and his real life daughter, Corinne Fox. She is the executive producer on the project. And according to Jamie's post on Instagram, she is now the youngest executive producer to have a number one show on Netflix. So dope. He getting his money and she getting her money and they are keeping it in the family. I think it's a really cute show. It's TV 14, so not for the littles, but definitely for the teens. The topics are topics that all parents can relate to, whether you want to or not. But like I said, it was entertaining to me. Now, speaking of stupid, funny, and also entertaining, I watched Thunder Force on Netflix. (laughs) Matter of fact, I've watched it one and a half times. So this movie was funny. It was stupid. It reminds me of the shit me and my bestie get into. And it is absurd and stupid and funny. And I loved every minute of it. (laughs) So Thunder Force was also trending. I can't remember the top spot that that they got to on Netflix, but they were up there. Listen, they were in the top three for sure. It stars Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer. And they are two best friends. And the foolishness and the fuckery that ensues in that movie is just that. It's just good mindless entertainment. But you will laugh. It's crazy, but the shit is funny. So there's that part. Um, My bestie said, T, said she watched it and she was mad that she liked it because it was so stupid and ridiculous and that she will watch it again. See, I knew it. E-S-P. Anyway, so um, if you haven't watched, check out Thunder Force. Listen, sometimes you just need mindless entertainment. The week has been very, very heavy Um, They still killing our black men and black women unjustly and all that other stuff. And sometimes you just need some TV that's going to take you away from all of that stuff, if only for an hour and a half. Obviously, we can't escape real life. But in the name of self-preservation, sometimes you need to. And these two, well, this show and this series, um, I'm sorry, this series and this movie are just two great examples of doing that. So... Then there's Queen Sugar, which brought me back to reality because Queen, Queen Sugar has been heavy the last few episodes. Now, what we did see in the last two episodes, we saw a lot of Davis. We don't really see Davis since he and Charlie parted ways. And he showed up and showed out this way as he nursed her back to health after having COVID. Are they getting back together? I feel like that had to trigger something. Like, it triggered something for me. <laughs> and, I wasn't even, and I'm not even a part of the story, right? So at one point, she's just so out of it that she just cannot get up off the sofa. But he's been consulting the doctor, and the doctor's like, oh, you know, she needs to be in the bed or whatever. And she just didn't have the will. And so, of course, in big strapping man fashion, he leans down gets her uh, to lift her arms up enough to grab his neck and like hoist her up and take her upstairs. And he's literally like sitting in a chair by her bedside, like watching her every hour on the hour. He's taking her temperature. He's making her do this. This fool is in the kitchen cooking and like cooking, cooking. He was throwing down. When I say he nursed her back to good health, I mean that shit 
all the way around. And it was really and sweet and endearing to see, even though he embarrassed the shit out of her at the very first episode and cheated with some side bitch. So there's that part. But there has been a lot of time and I'm maybe even healing, I don't know, to um, take place since that very first episode one, season one. So I don't know if Charlie and Davis are going to get that old thing back or well, not that part, but um, we have to stay tuned now. I love me some Aunt Vi and Hollywood is just the perfect man in America. But Aunt Vi was out of motherfucking pocket on this last episode. I know she wants the best for Blue and I get it. She raised him while Ralph Angel was in jail and Darla was on drugs. But the way she carried on with Blue going away to school, oddly enough a school that we know in the D.C. area. (laughs) But she was out of fucking pocket. She was disrespectful and that shit wasn't cool so I imagine there will be more to come about that so she didn't feel like it was in his parents best interest to send him to DC to go to Sidwell friends for a better chance at life because the little boy is like a little genius and at first his parents were like hell no um, but then they rec- recognized, um, and also Ralph Angel had a conversation with Micah which opened his eyes a little bit like as hard as it'll be and as much of an adjustment, like they want the best for their son. And he's so brilliant that he's not going to get that in St. Joe. And I mean, we all, you know, we do what we feel is best for our children, right? We want to give them the best opportunities in life. And so that's what they feel like they're doing. And Aunt Vi was like, hell no, to the no, no, no. All right, moving on. So then there was Nova who was out uh, working on a story. Y'all, she was talking to this young man and this boy, well, he's not a boy. This man dropped the fucking bomb on her. So he was telling her he's wheelchair bound because some cops beat him up. And um, after he told her the story and she's like heartbroken by this dreadful story, um, she asked him if he knew what they looked like. And he said, yeah. That last cop who beat me is the one who broke my back. And I'll never forget his face. And so she was like, oh, do you know their name? And he was like, I thought that's why you're here. It's the guy you thanked in your book. Which is her bae, the white dude. What? My mouth was open like, oh, I know you fucking lying. So the finale comes on on Tuesday. And I feel like we about to be in for a hell of a ride. Uh, Queen Sugar is such a brown liquor kind of show. I feel like you definitely need a drink in your cup. All right, moving on to another movie that I watched on Netflix and loved this week. So I watched The Concrete Cowboy. Uh, I think my husband had watched it a week before, but I just got around to watching it this week. And it's a drama that's inspired by um, the Fletcher Street Stables, which is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And it's a real life story, which I love and did not know. So 15 year old Cole is taken to live with his estranged father, Hart, who's played by Idris Elba in North Philadelphia. And that's where he discovers the city's vibrant urban cowboy subculture. Um, 
which has existed for more than 100 years. And for a lot of them, it's been a safe haven for the neighborhood, despite, you know, the poverty and the violence and stuff that's going on. Um, And then there's the gentrification that comes along with it. So it was so many layers to the story and what was going on. But I freaking love the movie. Um, I told you Idris was in it. Method Man was in it. Um, Caleb McLaughlin is the son, um, Idris Elba's character's son. And he was in Stranger Things. He was also in the New Edition story. And then there was Jarrell Jerome, who I instantly recognized from Sella in a Spades, which was on Amazon. And I interviewed one of his castmates last year. And he was also in When They See Us. And then one of my favorite black women in Hollywood, uh, Lorraine Toussaint, is also in the movie. Um, I didn't know anything about the the history which is crazy and a little disappointing because my grandfather lived in Philly all my life and I didn't know and I would go there to see him I mean we were in New York it was real close hell Philly's close to here um but I didn't know any of that stuff I need to talk to my in-laws about it because both of my in-laws are born and raised in Philly so they definitely know some stuff um but even better um, that they had some Fletcher Street writers that were actually in the movie. And I was like, hell yes. Come on, authenticity. Yes. Um, so not only, you know, did they help uh, make sure the story was correct, but they were in it. And I think that's so dope. That's a dope opportunity for them as well. Um, yeah. So if you haven't seen Concrete Cowboy, it's it's really good. Um and it was adapted from a young adult novel, Ghetto Cowboy, by G. Neary. I did not know about that part either. All right, let's talk gangster shit. Snowfall, y'all. Since the season started, Snowfall has taken us on one ride after another. They had this drug war going on, and they were shooting shit that was and was not moving. And in this last episode, shit got way off the table. So that was episode nine. And Franklin didn't kill every damn body. Like, he is not for the shits. He is killing everybody. Uh, And next week is the season finale. And I don't even know what to expect. (laughs) Like, where do we go from here? I have no idea. But... Babe and I will be front and center, and so I will report back. Now, as excited as I am, because the story is just, the storyline is so amazing, um, I'm also sad, because as my shows come to an end, I gotta find some other shit to occupy my time. All right, lastly, I watched The Red Table Talk, and this week, Bobby Brown was a guest, and he had like a, almost like a buyer beware, like, this is an APB and all post bullets, and this is some shit you need to know about. And, um, of course, there's no talking about Bobby without talking about Whitney. And um, that was such a huge part of his life. And then the subsequent death of Whitney, and then the death of their daughter, Whitney's only child, Bobby Christina. And then um, a few months ago, like five months ago, his oldest son died from drugs, except this son was not, he wasn't a drug addict. He didn't have the same problems that Bobby had. What he did was, while he wasn't a regular user, he would dibble and dabble. And what he thought he was, 
ugh, what he thought was his regular dibbling and dabbling killed him. So he thought he was taking one drug and that one drug, I guess that maybe he's familiar with, was laced with fentanyl and he died from a drug overdose. And so Bobby was saying there's so much synthetic drugs out and they're killing people left and right and his son was a casualty of that thing so it was a really good conversation it's nice to um see him in such a good place to hear his growth um he talked about therapy and i love to see black men talk about therapy and um acknowledging um you know where he went wrong what took him that way and what the journey was like to get up out of that so um it was really good adult conversation um I think he has a good wife um, and he was like, she don't play. <laughs> she went playing that shit. Um, they knew each other long before they got together. Um, I think she was a dancer or something, but um, yeah. Sis was like, listen, I love you, but I'm not for the shits. You need to get yourself together. I don't do this drug stuff. I don't condone, condone this drug stuff. And if you want to be with me, and create this family and all these things that we can have you got to get your shit right and he did and so it's really really nice to see because again right I was just talking about how we you losing people to hip-hop and obviously Bobby isn't but he's definitely a part of the culture like it would be sad to just see him fall victim to these things based on previous lifestyle choices so it's nice that we get to see him turn it around and to be an amazing father for his three young kids that he has and kind of get to do the things that he did not get to do with the oldest children and um as he said to break that generational curse with his kids because the younger kids know nothing about that life all they see is a healthy life at home um whereas his oldest four kids didn't do that so um obviously two are gone and he's got two other adult children I think it was just the four of them I might be wrong it's Bobby Brown y'all he might have a whole bunch of kids I'm not even thinking about um so it was a really good conversation and um you know Jada's mom used to be on drugs and so you know they could relate in that kind of way about the journey and what it takes to not only get clean but to stay clean and uh, all the things that come out in the wash as you go through that process. So that is it for what Mimi is watching. All right, so tomorrow will come and boy, I can't wake. It's my anniversary. So my wonderful husband and I are celebrating another wedding anniversary at home. So earlier I told you seeing my dad this week was one of the highlights, the two highlights. And so celebrating my anniversary was the other. Y'all, I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> I feel like we just celebrated our first wedding anniversary, which we celebrated at home. Um, and now we here again at two. So we celebrate two and 17 because we've been married for two years, but we've been together 17 years. And that shit right there, 17, that's a lot. We can't ignore that because that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and growing and all that stuff. Um, So I'm going to be honest, I always am. But at first, I was not excited about celebrating our anniversary 
because we're still in a damn house. So celebrating our love, loving on my husband, I'm always down for. But I just didn't want to do that shit in the house. We spent our first anniversary in the house. And I was I was okay with that. We were only a month like into the pandemic. And it was tough. It was still very scary. The world still had no information about what was going on. We were hosing down our groceries and our packages and all of that shit. So I was 100% okay with celebrating our anniversary at home. And I found a way to make it special. So special, I ended up talking and sharing it on the news. Then Valentine's rolls around. And I was also okay then with spending that in the house. And we did a cute dinner and a movie with the movie projector in the basement. We had a great night. But this time, y'all, I was over that shit. I did not want to remix any of those at-home ideas. I did not want to be in a house. Now, I had no ideas. Um, and I honestly, I didn't give it any energy until like a week out because I couldn't act like it wasn't happening. But my ideas were dried the hell up. Now, um, I can be a bit of a cunt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and he knows it too. Um, but when he would ask me, I was just like, I didn't have any ideas. Now, to my credit, I'll also say that he didn't have any ideas either. I just knew I didn't want to be in the house. So I was kind of stuck there for way too long, probably. (laughs) So one morning when I should have been in my bed sound asleep, I was in fact in my bed at 2 a.m. But I was browsing Amazon and I had an idea, y'all. And I was almost immediately excited about the idea. I just had to figure out how to pull it off. So I decided that I was going to buy a tent and we'd have a picnic in the backyard, not in the house, obviously still on the property. Trying to do something else is too much. Um, I don't know if we'd feel comfortable doing it. We got to figure out something to do with the kids. That's too much. So I had an idea for a backyard picnic. And then uh, when I mentioned the idea to babe, like he, he was down for it. So he suggested that we use a pop-up tent that we already own. Y'all. No, it's a no for me. (laughs) All right, so you know, you probably got the same pop-up tent. So it's the pop-up tent that you take to like your kids' sporting events or like if you're tailgating, like that's the kind of tent we have. And it's blue and it's not cute and it's not romantical in any way. And so that did not go with the vision for my idea. So I kept looking. (laughs) And he insisted that no matter what I got, that... Okay, so whenever I have an idea or I want something, babe's first comment is, where's it going to live when you're done with it? I got a lot of shit. I'm not going to lie. So he insisted that no matter what I decided to buy, since we already had a tent that he felt like was fine, it has to be stored in a craft room. Not in any of the two big ass storage rooms that we have in our basement. These rooms are not full. They ain't overcrowded and they got room for a whole hell of a lot of shit. But he was like, he don't want whatever I get to be stored in the basement. It, it, it doesn't make sense. I heard him. But in true fashion, y'all, I was not really listening. So I know his level of petty, though. <laughs> so as much as I was not exact, listen, I'm petty. But my husband is petty as fuck. Like, if I put that shit in the basement, he would literally go in the basement, not say anything to me, get it, and literally put it in the middle of the craft room floor. And just not say nothing. And then I'd walk in a room and be like, what the hell? And he'd be like, I told you, don't store this in the... Yeah, 
That's that's who I'm married to. So I decided that one monkey was not going to stop my show. So I kept looking. Now, I sent him this one tent that I like, and he was like, no. And I didn't trip because the reviews were, uh, so I always read the reviews. I scroll through the pictures and everything. The reviews were a little bad, and there was some good, but I felt like the bad ones outweighed the good. And so for the price, it, it just wasn't worth it. So I just kept looking until I found the perfect one, y'all. I, what was I searching for? Oh, I had I think I was searching for gazebos. I was way off in a whole nother other field before I even ended up here. And I don't even know how I got here exactly. But I found it. And it was perfect. And I ordered it. And I didn't tell him. I eventually told him. I didn't tell him right away. <laughs> so maybe I told him a day or two before it was supposed to arrive. It did not just come in two days like it typically would for Amazon. Um... So I told him that I bought something, but I didn't show it to him. So he had no idea what it looked like, right? Now, in true fashion, because the universe is always trying to play me, um, it was delivered the day I went to see my dad. (laughs) So I wasn't even here. It was supposed to come on Friday. That shit came on Thursday. Oh, whatever. Um, So it's big, y'all. It's big as hell. so big but the cool thing is it collapses down into like this circular zip-up bag which can yes in fact totally fit in a craft room although I don't want it to be in there it's it's just stupid to store it in there it doesn't make sense who wants to come all the way upstairs to get it when we want to use it and take it all the way downstairs and outside it just doesn't make sense anyway let me tell you about the tent so it is considered a camping tent I don't camp and it ain't got no floor. So I don't know who the fuck is camping in this, but it's a canopy gazebo tent, if you will. So they have one, two, three, four sizes, I think. But the one I got holds four to six people. Great. It's just me and babe going to be in it. Not a problem. But we are a family of four. So I wanted to make sure that when we use it again, that, you know, the kids can fit in with it uh, as well. And we can all be comfortable. So. Y'all, you can use this thing anywhere. Like, it's the instant pop-up tent. Heavy on an instant. That shit almost knocked me over when I released the straps. When they say, watch out, they mean that shit. (laughs) And I was trying to watch out, but that shit popped up so fast that, yeah, I wasn't ready. Anyway, um, if I had to find a con, I would say that it's not waterproof. But I knew that prior to purchasing, and that's okay. Ain't none of these fucking tents waterproof. So... But if it was, oh, that would have definitely put it like over the top for me. So, um, it's cute. It's tan. It looks like a circular dome, almost like a snow globe, if you will. And all of the sides are covered with the mesh netting to keep the bugs out, which is a plus for me. Why? I don't like bugs. Now, we're still in a transitional season. So we don't have a whole lot of bugs just yet, but whenever they do get here, and this year is year 17, the year of the fucking cicadas, what you're not going to do is be attacking me. This is perfect. I hadn't even thought about that until just now. So the tent came on Thursday. I told you I wasn't home and I didn't even open it until we used it. So we celebrated yesterday, which was Saturday. So we tested it out and opened it up in the house. (laughs) And if you saw my Insta story, then you saw I had this big ass thing in my living room kitchen area and it was big as hell. But then we took it outside y'all later, man. So 
the minute I told Babe about the picnic outside, he was like, oh, we could use the LED lights. So Babe added the LED light strips, which we already own those. It was a total vibe, y'all. Now you can use your like, we also have LED Christmas tree lights. They're just, my lights are just all white, which will look hella dope too. So if you have those, like you could totally use those. I prefer LED because the bulbs don't get hot. Um, and we put the lights by we, babe, put the lights on the inside, but it will look hella cute with lights on the outside too. Um, now the LED lights that we got are hella fancy. Babe got an app. You could change the colors. You could change the movement. You could do all kind of shit with the lights. And we played around with them because we're children. Um, <laughs> so I added a long table and I covered it with like, you know, just a plain white tablecloth. We added two lawn chairs to go with our regular lawn set and decorated the table, right? They picked up some flowers for the decor. And y'all, I ordered a cake from the cake lady. Her name, her brand, her business is called Dates Delights. So if you local in our area, she's in Waldorf. And it was so damn bomb. She did her damn thing with this cake, y'all. I sent her a picture for inspiration, but the picture I sent her was actually a cake that she had done, but I wanted to remix it. So I didn't go for a traditional cake. I went for cupcakes shaped in the number two, which is a dozen cupcakes. Um, but everything I told her I wanted, like add this, take this, like do this, do that. She executed it perfectly. I think this is like my third time using her. But she's bomb and she stuck with me forever. The kids was fucking that cake up when we came back in the house. So, all right. So we got our desserts. We got us some decor going. We ordered some seafood from Jerry's Seafood and Bowie for the locals. Um, we had Cajun shrimp for our appetizer, which was delicious. And then for entrees, we had their crab bomb, which is 10 ounce of deliciousness, okay? That crab bomb... It has zero filler in it. It is literally 10 ounces and that joint is good as hell. Perfectly paired with a baked potato and green beans. Now, even though I said it's in Bowie, they do shop, uh, shop. They do ship globally. So if you care and you want some, you too can have you some. That shit was delicious. I mean it. You know, we Maryland crabs up and through here. We get real serious about our shit. But that joint was worth every single penny even though it wasn't my pennies all right so <laughs> we had some drink babe don't drink he had a pepsi <laughs> but i drank um and then we we literally chatted we were outside for three hours um the only thing that could have made it better was if the temperatures were warmer outside it was like the 50s <laughs> we got out there in the evening um but we layered up right we knew the temperature was kind of chill and at one point I don't know, probably like an hour and a half, two hours in, we went and got some blankets out the garage. Um, like we were, and went back outside. <laughs> we didn't come in until like 9.30, so about three and a half hours or so. Um, it was so cute. It was so simple. It was so sweet. And it was memorable. We had a good, good time. Um, I told y'all, we've been together for 17 years. And if there's one thing that the pandemic has taught us that the little things are really what matter, um, we found a way to make it special. It was special. Um, we made it only about us and we did it our way, which is, that's how we roll. That's exactly how we went about getting married, which is why it was a surprise to everyone. Um, <laughs> but while we were out there, um, I planned our honeymoon. 
you know, the one we never got a chance to take that honeymoon, the one we were supposed to take in 2020, but a global pandemic happened. Yeah. A bitch is gone full luxury. Okay. 2022. Oh, we ready to honeymoon. It's going down. I'm reserving it today. Um, <laughs> I'm excited, even though I got a whole entire year to wait for it to happen. But to know that it is on the books, woof, baby. I need to start working on this body so I can have uh, the body I want to match this excitement and the flex that I plan to uh, be given, serving. Oh, however long we gonna be there. So we also designed the deck that we want for the back of our house while outside. <laughs> and we just talked and talked and talked. Here's the funny thing. So um, the kids were in the house while we were in the backyard and they played a game of laser tag. And <laughs> because the lights were on in the house and the blinds were still open, we could see in the house. And it was so funny as Babe and I are sit perched in this gazebo in our, the top of our backyard. And we see our kids running through the house in the dark with it. They have these laser tag guns and so you can see like the laser lights and it was hilarious to see them moving through the house having this laser battle with each other it was hilarious it was like watching tv but strange because it was your own house <laughs> with your kids um but it was a dope dope night um the only thing i'll say about surviving marriage two years in a relationship of 17 years is if you cannot consider your partner, whatever he or she may look like, how you doing? Um, if you cannot consider a friend, them a friend, if you don't have a friend in them, it's going to be hard to make it. Um, <laughs> I always tell my husband comes first before my children, even before he had the title of husband. He comes before my children because our children have their own lives. And the older they get, <laughs> the more obvious and apparent that is. And that means that we'll end up with the empty nest and it'll just be he and I there. And it is the utmost importance that he and I like each other. And that doesn't mean that our marriage is perfect. No marriage or relationship is perfect. But when you have a found a friendship as a foundation, it makes all of the difference because when you don't like them in the moment, that love, that friendship, that adoration you have for one another is what keep y'all together. That's the shit. That's the real glue. It ain't love. <laughs> That's not it. Love is a part of the mix, but let me tell you, it is not as much a part as people seem to think. How do I know? Because I've been married before. And I learned that love is cool, but it don't fix shit. It don't hold shit together. It's not the secret sauce. So, happy anniversary to us. Lots of love to the Robinsons, Mr. and Mrs. Robinson, 419-2019. Ah, thanks for all the likes, the comments, all of the stuff. Everybody always loves when I post Babe to the gram, so expect to see a little more of him. I got to do something for our anniversary. All right, y'all. That's it. That's all. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mimi Said What?, Thank you for listening, for subscribing, for sharing, for leaving reviews and ratings. I need those. 
tell a friend to tell a friend. You are appreciated, I promise. You can follow me at Mimi Cute Lips everywhere on social. And as you continue the conversation, don't forget to use the hashtag Mimi Said What. Until next time, cuties. <laughs>